And I'm Kim, and we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Morda, Morda, Moida, ghosts. <laughs> I like Morda. <laughs> Morda, Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. We haven't debunking. even started this episode yet, and I'm already tripping over my words. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Uh... We're it's because we're do. recording earlier. That's <laughs> and why. I, and I still can't do it. Look at that. It's nope. not even, I can't blame it on being tired. Uh, but I can, truly. We can always blame everything on we being can, tired. Absolutely. We're always tired. <laughs> what time? What day? I don't know. We're tired. Uh, <laughs> but this day, we will be doing a lot of different things, like debunking. Um, up to you if you would like to partake in the allegedly drinking game, um, but uh, I have my water in front of me and my coffee, so I'm going to get hydrated and awake simultaneously. Um, but, y'all, I'm really excited for today's episode. So, one of the things we haven't really talked about in a while, I think, is like an unsolved mystery type sitch. Mm, that's true. Where... Um, I actually was inspired by personal experience for this one particularly. Um, so we're going to talk about a particular vortex today. And um, if you don't know what a vortex site is, uh, vortexes have kind of been around for a while. Uh, they are believed to be spots in the earth where unidentified energy is said to either enter into or project out of the land. And a lot of people believe that these energies travel through humans that are present at these locations. They're located all over. Vortex sites have been labeled throughout the world, like the Great Pyramid in Egypt, Machu Picchu in Peru. Uh-huh. Stonehenge in England uh-huh. makes me like honestly think of like Outlander, but that's a different <laughs> a story for another a time. Different kind of vortex. <laughs> yeah, hey. Hey. Uh, that's what she said. Um, but there's also the Uluru Ayers Rock in Australia. Uh-huh. The Sedona uh, Desert in Arizona is a big one too. Um, and then also here locally in the little PN Dub in Oregon. Um, And vortex sites are also known as mystery spots that Uh defy the laws of physics. We're going to kind of go back and forth with some debunking and some facts throughout this instead of doing like full-blown facts and full-blown debunking. So uh, stay tuned as we go through it. But in 1929, that's when the Great Depression hit the U.S. And a lot of industries and businesses closed. (laughs) Feeling like this just happened recently. (laughs) It's Uh, like, wait, wait. (laughs) You sure this was, this was 1929? Not 2020? Not not Uh, last week? Not like today? Uh, But at the time, um, there was a huge gap between supply and demand of goods and services. And uh, the entertainment industry was basically the only thing that was thriving, a la roadside attractions, if you will. Wish we had more of them these days, to be completely honest. Uh, (laughs) I miss those days. Right? Like the world's, I mean, I say this like I was alive in the 20s, but like, no, I I mean, there was some of that when when I was younger, the like world's biggest ball of twine and the, like the weird little things off this, you could, you know, you get off at a rest stop and go into some kind of weird museum at Captain Spaulding or whatever. Dude, I literally did that. And that's what inspired this episode. Yes. Truly. So... Uh, A lot of new forms of entertainment emerged. Mystery spots 
were one of the roadside attractions that became a thing. One of the more famous ones is the mystery spot um, in Santa Cruz, California. Have you heard of this one? Uh, Not necessarily. We'll get into it. Not necessarily. Give me more details and maybe. (laughs) Okay, I'll get into it in a little bit. But that's one that a lot of people who have looked up mystery spots use as a gauge or use as um, a really good example of a mystery spot. Uh, And there's a bit of an optical illusion associated with it, which hold on to that thought. We'll come back to it in a bit. Holding, holding. But today... We're not talking about the Santa Cruz mystery spot. We'll talk about it briefly, but that's not our, like, main focal point. Today, we're going to talk about one particular mysterious location that even inspired and was mentioned in the fifth episode of the seventh (sighs) season of X-Files, titled Rush, true story, the Oregon Vortex, also known as the house of mystery so i hope you're ready for this one like i genuinely hope that you are ready for this kim delphit and listeners because kim delphit we have all kinds of things associated with this location we've got lots of boxes checked we've got unsolved mysteries paranormal activity Mm. portals demons Aliens, your favorite, debunking. Love it, love it. And more. Um, But wait, there's more. Um, Kim, have you heard of the Oregon Vortex? Uh, I have, although not to the level of depth of which you have, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like like what I did there? I I, I do. I see what you did, and I I thank you kindly. Um, So, fun fact. I've heard about this place like somewhere deep in my brain, I probably saw like a shitty Ghost Adventures episode on it, like many years ago. Sorry, there's, did I wait, say that? There, there's there's good episodes. That implies there's good episodes. I'll let the hey. listeners be the judge of that. Okay. Um, however, recently, I know I mentioned this on previous episodes. My husband and I went on a road trip. We drove down from Seattle to LA with our pup, uh, and then drove back, which was like six days of driving. And do not advise unless you're like moving. However. One of the things we were trying to do on this trip was make stops in places that would be fun to stop, not just like a gas station, right? Like, let's find a place where we can go have a picnic and have lunch or, you know, go to a park for the dog. And so we're driving. We're leaving Medford, which is where Kim visits frequently. Medford, where Um, Dave and Norma live. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Norma, patron. Um, We're leaving Medford, heading north to go back to Seattle through Oregon. And I see a sign on the side of the road, and it says, House of Mystery! I cannot pass up a sign. And it's like an old-timey sign. Like, it's it's not even like a modern-looking, I don't know, weird ad. It's like hand-painted style old-timey sign. Um, So my husband and I look at each other like, are we doing it? Are we doing it? (laughs) Let's let's do it. So so we did. I got super excited and he got kind of mad because we had just gotten on the road. We were on the road for like 15 minutes and we had like a five hour drive ahead of us. And I was like, let's stop. It's like we haven't even been on the road for 30 minutes and we're stopping. Okay. Uh, Anywho, we had to stop. 
And one of the things that we were worried about was that we had our puppy with us. And, you know, generally speaking, he's not technically a service dog. He's an emotional support dog. But a lot of places don't let, like, regular dogs into spaces. Um, and so I had to figure out what we were going to do with him. So hold on to that thought. Okay. Um, okay. Now, what I'm really excited about is that I got to literally do a, a tour at this location um, and learn a little bit about it before researching it. So I had kind of like a clean slate, if you will, of, mm -hmm. you know, not going and already knowing everything, which usually when I go to places like this, I do all my research in advance and then I go so I could be like, you suckers are just trying to get our money, you know, like a Winchester Mystery House situation or, um, you know, the uh, murder house in New Orleans that we did like way back in the day. <laughs> way um, back. Yeah. So um, with this one, I didn't know anything. And so, you know what? I'm going to tell you a little bit about it now, give you a little history and then tell you about my experience there. So for those who don't know, the Oregon Vortex is a historical Americana roadside attraction that first began welcoming guests in 1930. And it's actually one of the oldest ones left on the West Coast. Fun fact. Located on Sardine Creek in Gold Hill, Oregon, not far from Medford, 15 minutes out. Uh, if you've been to the area, you know uh, it's really pretty. It's got a really beautiful picturesque landscape, um, lush forest. Uh, it actually takes a while to get to it once you get off the freeway. It's a little bit deeper into the woods than, say, like a, a gas station off the side of the highway. So it oh. takes a little bit of effort to get there. And you don't have a lot of reception once you get in, which sure. is pretty typical for, like, a, you know, forest. Um, but a vortex consists of a number of interesting effects. This particular one um, are thought to be similar for some people to Gravity Hill Optical Illusions. Have you ever heard of a Gravity Hill situation? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of trippy, actually. Have you you have you been to one? I, I think I usually hear them called uh, like magnetic. That's Bill, another the term another that name for them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's weird. It's they're like it's trippy because it's it's an optical illusion. Mm hmm. Basically, so it, we're like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like when you're driving too, you'll kind of see sometimes that like um, a downhill looks like it's uphill, uphill. And and so you can end up having a bad time. <laughs> Not the best time. I know Not that I know so time. many people who have heard of a Gravity Hill situation in like little towns where they grew up. I know when I was younger in Thousand Oaks, there was a Gravity Hill and everyone mm -hmm, thought it was like mm -hmm. a car that was being pushed by the ghosts of the children that were killed in the bus accident that was hit by a train in the early 1900s. It's like a wild story. But really well, but what it is. Yeah, that's such a great example, though, of how stories can like a legend can become, you know, uh, something that, that that has a rational explanation for it, that there is like all these weird science things that, that can explain a lot of what we have of these great mysteries and all that. You're yeah. not wrong. I'm yeah, not wrong. It's true. But you hear about them, I think, like throughout life, like you'll hear oh, stories yeah. about this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And the attractions owners swear at this location that the weird things that happen at this location are a result of unexplained properties of the vicinity. So, like, some weird shit. Like, a ball rolling up a hill. Um, 
animals that refuse to go in. We're going to talk about Spooky Boy in a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Trees that grow toward the center of this Mm -hmm. particular vortex, but do not grow at all in the center. Um, And a weird phenomena where people's heights change when they move from one location to another, which is like really weird, but mainly just weird energy that's been noted and documented for like decades. So it's a weird spot. It makes you want to go, hmm, I wonder why. It made me want to go, I need to research this and figure it out. Of course Uh, it did. And so that's why we're here today, friends. Uh, So local legend. Hey, we have legend in here, too. Look at that. Legend. Love it. Local legend states that prior to the gold rush and colonialism, thank you, white people, um, (laughs) the Native Americans were very aware of the energy of this place. And they actually avoided it and referred to the land as forbidden. Um, They would pass through uh, the area. And their animals wouldn't go through it. So horses refused to go into the vortex space. They would only, like, stop or go around it, mm-hmm. which trust your animals, friends. Like, <laughs> we've said this many times before. Um, now, what's interesting, too, is uh, in 1904, there was a gold assay office slash outpost that was constructed by the Old Gray Eagle Mining Company. Mm-hmm. It's like a little cabin kind of spot. Uh, the office ended up actually sliding from its foundations in the early 1910s and came to rest at a very like weird angle, allegedly, allegedly leaning toward the center of the vortex in the space. So something else to note is that this place actually was abandoned less than 10 years after it was erected, which is... oh wow kind of strange yeah that is food for thought Hmm. so in 1914 the office was actually rediscovered by a gold prospector named Mm -hmm. william mccullough uh the that little house is now known as the mystery house and it resembles other distorting rooms like the santa cruz mystery spot Hmm. but william mccullough saw this place and he knew he had to hit up his friend John Litster. He was a physicist, engineer, and geologist um, from Alva, Scotland. uh, And he traveled to the U.S. to check the spot out. He was actually born in uh, 1886, April 30th, and spent years researching the paranormal phenomena of the 165-foot magnet radius, which Hmm. was said to bend light, defy gravity, and alter mass. So this was right up this guy's alley, and he was hooked. So he ended up coming down, developing the area, and actually opened it up to the public in 1930 as that roadside attraction, Mm. right around that uh, peak popularity time for entertainment. Um, And he actually conducted thousands of experiments with the entire vortex uh, until his death in 1959. Now, here's where we get into some allegedly's. Ooh. According to the past manager of the Oregon Vortex, Elena Cooper, I don't think she's still the manager there, but maybe she is. Uh, Litster actually reached out to Einstein 
and came up with the theory of mass change Hmm. in which you are, quote, compressing and expanding as you wander around in the area. And there is a density shift as you walk back and forth, giving more or less space between the molecules, end quote. So, you know, I had to research this, right? So um, (laughs) Einstein came up with the theory of relativity. uh, For example, E equals MC squared, what he is famous for, in 1905. That is not the same thing as this, and it doesn't align with this timeline. And so I literally could not find one thing about the theory of mass change anywhere on the internet. So I'll leave you with that. You can take that with whatever grains of salt (laughs) you would like to take that with. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. Litzter took all of his notes from his research and burned them before his death. Really? Allegedly. (laughs) I repeat. Okay. Okay. Allegedly. Now, the gift shop, really cute little gift shop, by the way. I definitely got like a cute little magnet of like a leaning house and a cute little postcard and uh, a little map of Oregon ghost towns, which was super cool. Nice. Um, They sell lots of cool tchotchkes. They also sell a version of his notes. I wish I knew that when I was there because I would have bought it. Did not know that until researching it after I got home. Uh, Um, But I'm curious about these notes. Are they the same notes as the ones that were burned? Are they uh different notes? Are they even really his notes? I I cannot answer that question. I know you're going to ask, so I'm going to tell you I do not know. (laughs) You're cutting me off before I do. That's how how I know you well. Um, (laughs) So this notes and data booklet attributes the strangeness of the location to warped atoms, electromagnetic energy, Uh and even... Are you ready for this? Sure. A subterranean super machine left behind by prehistoric aliens. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I told you you were going to mention aliens. Uh, Some say that something demonic or negative associated with the location was what made all of this happen. And that when Litzer discovered this, he didn't want anyone else to know the dark secrets of the location. Huh. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) He also allegedly said, quote, the world is not prepared to see the mysteries that that vortex holds, end quote. Hmm. Sure. Makes for a good story. Now, (laughs) after Litzter's death, his wife sold the organ vortex to Ernie and Irene Cooper. Their daughter has been the one really keeping the attraction alive. I think that might be Elena. I don't know if that's her or somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, But... That's a little bit of the history. That's honestly all I could really find. It's not a lot. I no. actually did some like pretty significant like digging. Yeah. There's not a lot out there. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll list the show notes in our on our website if you guys want to check out where I found things. I literally have like 12 different areas where I found location or like information from. Um, and it, that's that's it. That's all I could find for like history. Um, even from a native perspective, there wasn't a ton to share Um, but you can find the organ vortex website and on the website it asks and answers what is a vortex and i think it's important to discuss this so i'm going to read you some of it right now the organ vortex is a spherical field of force half above ground and half below the ground the word vortex simply means a whirlpool of force like a whirling mass of water 
especially one in which a force of suction operates, such as a whirlpool or a whirling mass of air, or one in the form of a visible column or a spiral, such as a tornado. A vortex, essentially a whirlpool of force, is the basic form of our universe. From our galaxy, whose vortex form we see as the countless suns of the Milky Way, throughout the gravitational vortex of our solar system, down to the vortex of an atom, the vortex form recurs throughout the, our world structure. The phenomena that gives the organ vortex its name are evident throughout the entire area. Nowhere in the circle do you normally stand erect. Inevitably, the visitor assumes a posture that inclines toward a magnetic north. The corona of the vortex, as well as the minor vortices discovered during the continuous study of the vortex, are among the unique phenomena to be observed here. As another person on a level platform recedes from you towards magnetic south, they appear taller. When they approach you, coming toward magnetic north, they become shorter. This is contrary to the laws of perspective as we know it and must be seen to be believed. I have photos to share. I can share them in a bit. Um, the scientific analysis of the disturbance co constitutes an education in subjects of interest to all. The accumulated notes and data written by John Litster contains 35 pictures, diagrams, and illustrations, along with other information relating specifically to the organ vortex is available to all visitors. End quote. I know that was a long quote. But I think what's important to note is that it tries to explain itself, but there's no actual evidence. And evidence. so, like, evidence. So we'll get into it. But it does address a couple of the weird phenomena that people see when they go there. So let's dig in to this phenomena. And every time I see the word phenomena, do you know what I want to do? What? Phenomena. Do, do. Phenomena. Phenomena. That's all you. I watched way too much of the Muppets. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let that be all. All you. That's 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 all you, Gabby. I wouldn't want to take that away from you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anywho, phenomena. Multitudes of strange happenings occur, obviously, in the vortex that we're talking about. It's in an area of naturally occurring visual and perceptual phenomena, which can be captured on film. Elena said, it's a place that doesn't make any sense. In the location, there's a circle where plants don't grow at all. Animals will not tread. We talked about that. Flora grow toward the vortex, but not in it. Gravity and perception seem to be skewed the closer you get to the center. Bottles defy gravity and roll uphill. Brooms balance on their handles. Photographs show unseen beams of light and orbs. Oh, I want to debunk that so bad. Uh, <laughs> back pains disappear. <laughs> Not mine. Uh, I'm just getting older. Um, people become seasick at the landlocked mystery house. That I did experience. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh -huh. And a person's height grows and shrinks, and the people feel the transformation actually happening in their bodies. Uh -huh. So the height change is bonkers. And this is one that actually, like, really made me have a hard time 
trying to debunk it. Like, I, I feel like there's a, a handful of other things that uh, we'll get to in a sec. And there are definitely people out there like us that also want to debunk things that we'll talk about, too. Um, but in certain places at the location, there's like a board that they put on the ground. And they actually show you this in the tour. They'll like ask for volunteers to come up and like be the the people. And they brought kids. There were so many kids on my tour. Oh my god! I was thinking of you the whole time, Kim. I was like, oh, Kim would kill these children. Um, they literally were just like being sassy the whole time. And this tour guide was doing such a wonderful job, being like, wow, you guys really brought all of your uh, kids today. Um, but one would stand on one end, one would be on the other. They acknowledge, all right, I can see your forehead. On the other side, I can see, okay, above your head. And then they would switch spots and they would be in completely different heights, which there's no incline. It's actually fully level. They actually use a level and show you with a huge hmm. level, this is level. So it's really hard to get your mind to wrap around. How did that even happen? So... It looks like someone technically loses mass on one side and gains mass on the other. Like huh. they've crossed a threshold and physically changed density and hmm. feel the physical change as it happens. Like they asked the people that did this in front of my eyes, did this feel different? People are like, yeah, that feels weird. Huh. Um, I also am a sensitive person to energies um, in general. Like it could be from living or dead people or whatever, right? And so... When I was there, it just felt like a lot of intense energy. Like it wasn't negative. Huh. It wasn't positive. It just was, it felt like a lot. Um, yeah. But I also think that there's some subconscious there that like, you know, you're in a weird spot and maybe that's why your subconscious makes you feel like there is a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Now, one corner inside the mystery house is believed to be a portal to the other side. <laughs> portal from the other side cool thank you it's believed that if you toss a belonging into the corner it will end up in the sixth dimension with otherworldly beings i think that's sure. where i live most of the time just tossed you in the corner and then you ended up there uh in the sixth dimension now, some say that they actually hear voices when they get close to the center of the vortex Ooh. Some people allegedly have thrown things at the voices, which to rude. me is a very funny visual. Like, how do you throw rude. something at what you're hearing? Like, but the that's rude too. Like, it's, I'm sorry. Like, if I'm sitting here trying to like exist in my sixth dimension, and then some asshole starts throwing things at me, like, rude, man, rude. Would you throw it back? Absolutely, I would. Well, good because they do apparently. Yeah, is that the things get thrown back at the people who throw things at them. Well, what do they uh, expect? <laughs> Such a funny visual. I really enjoy like thinking about what that looks and sounds like. Um, now, some have even said that they saw the apparition of Litster himself wandering the grounds, looking over the vortex, and some have e even seen that he looks really deranged and starts plucking out his eyebrows. <laughs> uh, okay. Don't know how uh, accurate <laughs> sure. that is, but sure. also that's so specific for a paranormal apparition vision. Like, the fact that you can see someone pulling out their eyebrows as an apparition to me is like, very funny because when we talk about like people seeing apparitions, you don't see details like eyebrow <laughs> they're, hair being they're plucked usually, out. Yeah, that's that's not uh, not not quite what we uh, 
usually hear reported. <laughs> what if that was like part of an investigation that you did that you like accidentally came across a ghost that was just really having a tough time and plucking out their eyebrows? Like, how do you like cope with that? How do you like talk someone out of like feeling so terrible when they're already we just, dead? We sit around in a circle and talk it through as a crew, you know? <laughs> Helping out the living and the dead. Look at that, exactly. Kim Douthit. Exactly. It's, we all we all need to talk about sometimes. We you all know, need a little bit. <laughs> good for the soul. Good for the soul. Hey, that's a good pun. Hey. Uh, Anywho, there's definitely a Ghost Adventures episode featuring this place, plus a little uh, demonic town nearby. Now, <laughs> you know I tried to find it because... I wanted to watch it. I know I've seen it. That's the thing. It's like, I'm pretty sure I saw it when it came out, probably like six years ago or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't find it. It's like the one episode that's like not huh. accessible on like Discovery Plus. I looked it up to see which episode it was. I found yeah. which episode it was, but I could not access the episode, which I thought, I thought was kind of weird. But huh. I didn't dig further for Ghost Adventures because what yeah uh there was actually something else that i dug through which we'll get to in a sec but okay pretty sure if my memory serves me right which Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't so we'll take this with a grain of salt uh that they talk about the entire place being a portal for demonic energy a gateway to hell to no one's surprise at all uh also now This is just a theory, and this is definitely, like, a rabbit hole we could go down at some point, which I don't want to go fully down right now. But if we go down the routes of, like, portals to hell, technically, there are seven mystery spots in the world slash portals to hell. There are seven continents. There are also seven rings of hell, a la Dante's Inferno, if you remember that fun book. Um, And all of the places that I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the episode are all considered like vortexy portals by some, you know. So believe what you will. No, I I think that's interesting. I do wonder. The only thing I'm thinking is that like, I mean, there has not always been seven continents. So that connection for me is a little. That's fair. Loose. But I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about. I always like to think about the things that could be interesting to think about. You know, like that's always a fun. <laughs> oh, the place. things you can think. The things you can think. That should be a title of an episode. Uh, or maybe we'll do a ghoul side chat about that. That'd be fun. There you go. There you um, go. But anywho, at this point, we will welcome your favorite part, the Ooh. scullying. Yes. So time for debunking. I know I already kind of briefly mentioned a couple things, but some researchers explain away the phenomena with science, stating that it's nothing more than a really great optical illusion. And um, one of the Coopers, the owners, states that while the happenings inside the house are the result of optical illusions, so they admit it, uh, but insist that something unexplainable was happening outside the house that made people's height appear to grow and shrink depending on their location. So like a yes and a no kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, They also allow most people at the location to come in and just do whatever kind of investigations they want. They don't really like limit people. So if you contact them and say, hey, we want to do an investigation, you'll probably have to pay something for it, but they'll let people come in and do it. Like they'd welcome it. So in my opinion, when you get a place that's like, no, I refuse to let anyone investigate, it becomes less credible, right? Like, it's like sure. they're controlling the narrative more and, like, you don't get to make your own, you know, evaluation of it. But if you have a place that's actually like, hey, please, I welcome you. Come in. Do an investigation. Tell us what you find, um, which they have seemed to have done for anyone who has requested it in the past. So 
To me, that gives it a little bit more credibility, sure. However, skeptics of the Vortex report that Litster was just a con man looking to make a quick few bucks off of tourists during, you know, the Great Depression. Sure. Um, you know what this reminds me of? A lot what? of the Winchester Mystery House attraction. Mm. Because that was very similar. I don't think the timing was exactly the same. It was a little bit before that. But still, it was, like, overlapped in the timing. And, like, part of that could be considered a roadside attraction to some. Sure, yeah. But it's so touristy. And it's so, like, capitalizing on a poor woman's life and turning it into a paranormal place that has all of these weird crazy things and let me show you this massive gift shop that looks like freaking Disneyland like people are money hungry and they're going to try to get their money however they can so like I don't blame anyone for thinking that about a spot like this but to some it seems unlikely specifically because the the where the vortex is located i know i mentioned earlier it's like pretty far off the beaten path of the highway so you have to go a bit to get there it's not like you know like the gas station off the highway it's it's sure, a little sure. bit yeah, deeper yeah, yeah. deeper into the woods <laughs> but there are signs so you won't get lost but i know you are waiting for me to get to the science so let's talk science science scully science. okay So there were actually two UC Berkeley researchers uh, who once investigated a similar location called the Santa Cruz Mystery Spot. We talked about it uh, uh a little bit earlier. I said I was going to come back to it. Here we are. Um, They said that both locations could be explained by orientation framing, which describes how the brain's visual processes uh, use spatial frames of reference. Now, at this location, the Santa Cruz Mystery Spot, um, they actually put the house on an angle. Uh, Mm -hmm. Regular gravity then gives the appearance of people standing sideways. But it's just an optical illusion of the exact same nature of the House of Mystery at the Oregon Vortex. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a whole article on this that I referenced in our show notes. If you want to check it out, go nuts. Um, I actually want to share a photo with you, Kim. So if you look at this picture... Mm-hmm. And I'll post this on our, our Instagram so you can see. It shows a house that is vertical, standing normally, and people standing kind of sideways on the house, which is what you end up seeing at right. the um, Santa Cruz location. And then it says what's really happening is a house that's actually leaning toward the side, and then mm-hmm. you see people standing perfectly vertically, right? Right. And so that's what creates the optical illusion is mm-hmm. of the angle mm-hmm. Of where you're standing. That now, makes what's sense. interesting, right? What's interesting is that in Santa Cruz, the inclination of the house isn't that obvious to the visitor. It actually is remarkably camouflaged, um, making it look like a normal upright house based on how things are placed inside the house. Uh, the construction of such a house on a slope. Um, it is an ideal step toward creating a mysterious place because the slope is helping with that angle. And so that is kind of the similarity in Oregon because in Santa Cruz, part of the floor can be concealed by burying it or covering it with regular objects in a household. Most things that give like a vertical reference point are removed or placed mm-hmm. at an angle. So visibly you're seeing everything look straight up and down, but you're leaning. Right, um, yeah. And so that's what makes it feel like a mystery house. But in Oregon, they don't make the effort to change the angle of anything. It sure. is what, how you see it. And so 
Um, it does, though, affect with the optics of rolling a ball up a hill, for example. Mm, when in reality, mm -hmm. if you angle it properly, the track is actually going on a downward slope. So that was one of the things that they actually talked about during the tour is they take a golf ball and start it at the top of where the roof is and drop it and it kind of rolls down and then rolls back up. But if you take a level, you'll see that it's actually completely angled. And so okay. the optical illusion is that they're actually pushing a ball up the hill first and then it's, hmm. the gravity is pushing it back down. Okay. So optical illusions debunk a good chunk of this. Um, debunk a chunk. Debunk a chunk. However, <laughs> let's talk about the height change. Because that, that one is what really got me. So the Oregon Vortex is famous for that height change that I mentioned earlier. As the appearance of the height of two people varies depending on where each person stands. Now, some believe that the distorted background behind where those people are standing is what is inducing a forced perspective mm -hmm. based on what is actually in the background and the visible angles of where the viewer is. So for those who don't know, forced perspective is actually a technique that employs an optical illusion. So here we are talking about optical illusions even more. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and what it does is it helps make an object appear farther away or closer or larger or smaller than it actually is. Okay. Um, and so it manipulates the human visual perception through the use of scaled objects uh -huh. and the correlation between them and the vantage point of the spectator or the camera. So this is used all the time in photography, filmmaking. Right. It's like all those actors that are actually really short. <laughs> and they get them Tom Cruise. Why yes. you said that? Right? But that's like they get that angle. And then it looks like he's super tall compared to someone who is actually like a foot taller than him. So mm -hmm. similar concept. But still, it's really weird. Yeah. So, no, that is bizarre. Right? Allegedly, once you get closer to the vortex, you shrink. So that's the placement of where those markings are, is that the person that's closer to the vortex is the one that looks shorter. So now some scientists have said that it's possible that there might be a large mass of mineral deposits in the area that could throw off gravitational pull and affect the gravity. I didn't find any actual evidence to support that. Evidence. Evidence. Um, there's also a theory that we're all made up of energy vibrating, and this is a place where energy is just differently being swirled around in a vortex that could affect this height change and the gravitational pull. Sure. Uh, we don't uh -huh. know. Um, <laughs> now, if you want to go real wild, this is not uh -huh. science -y. This is just for funsies. Some have also theorized that Litster found something super paranormally fucked up or witchcraft-driven in the location that has either trapped horrible entities inside or sealed the space from allowing humans to enter that is like an ancient energy that's been there for thousands of years, which is why he burned his notes, which also makes for a great story. Sure. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know about that. That's pretty, pretty wild. But there's also, you know, the way that it's marketed and what the actual Oregon Vortex website says about their location. They seem to come from a perspective, and this is also very apparent in the tour, of scientific information. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you hear someone talking about scientific information, I will say this, I am not a scientist. <gasps> what? Right? Definitely not. Uh, but 
anytime I hear someone like using actual like evidence-based scientific facts, evidence, I'll probably believe it. The True. problem is, is there isn't a ton of evidence. There's just a lot of scientific talk. Right. And so basically what it's doing is it's adhering to the scientific method, supplying guests with quote unquote scientific information and basically saying that, you know, when someone believes in a vortex, they're not going to know a lot about actual science. So mm. their minds are going to be very open to whatever anybody tells them, whether it's accurate information or disinformation. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave you with that now. All right. This is where I want to talk about a particular show okay. that um, I actually really enjoy. Uh, it's a sci-fi show. It's called okay. Factor Faked Paranormal Files. Have you ever watched this show, Kim? I actually have not. <gasps> really? I feel like you would really like it. Right. So um, you might like it, hate it simultaneously, though. So like yeah. it's probably a life. bit of both. It's not as bad as Ghost Adventures. I'll just tell you that. So basically the premise of this show is a bunch of different people that are interested in like unsolved weird things bring a topic to the table, show it to the group, and say, which one are we going to investigate? So they pitch a bunch of different weird stories, choose a couple to, to like actually physically go to and investigate, and then physically go and investigate them. And there's this one episode where they cover, part of the episode, the organ vortex. Um, mm -hmm. Now take it with a grain of salt. I think it's still work, worth looking into because they actually took all of the points that we talked about and tried to test them, like scientifically, which I mm. respect. So they test the animal theory. They literally got on horses and rode them through the area to see if the horse would actually go into the vortex or not. They got okay. these horses onto like a full gallop and then they just stopped, like right when they got to the place. So now, okay, production is a thing. So like, I don't know if they just told the horses to stop or if the horses sure. actually just stopped on their own. Right. We'll never know. The world may never know. But that's interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. But guess what I can do? I can what give can you my, do? my evidence. Because <gasps> I brought my puppy boy, Spooky. Mm. Now, <laughs> because they didn't allow regular animals in, we had a dog backpack. And this is not a backpack that a dog wears. This is a backpack that a human wears and puts a dog into. So. <laughs> I have one for my cat. Spooky is 32 pounds. He is a heavy boy. Yeah. And so Terrence put him in the backpack and we brought Spooky into the tour. And um, they even told us, just be aware that animals don't like this space. And I was like, cool, we'll see how it goes. You know what my animal likes? Treats. What? He mm. loves treats. So in order to keep him chill and also like a puppy standing still like in a backpack that he doesn't normally hang right. out in, I don't care what location you're in, is going to squirm and be like kind of like annoyed, right? Because that's just a dog being in a backpack. Yeah. Um, so I had these little treats I kept giving him to like chill him out and keep him like quiet. But then mm -hmm. he started barking at me to be like, hey. Hey, I want more. Give me more. Hey. <laughs> and so, like, he started to be disruptive during the tour. And I was like, damn it. Like, this is not, like, <laughs> I couldn't fully pay attention to the tour because I was sure, trying sure. to pay attention to the dog. Sure. And then also, like, <laughs> I don't know if he was being that way because of the vortex or if he was just being a little turd because he's a little turd sometimes. Yeah. Like, I we can't have prove anything. You know? Sure. I mean. Sure. That's also probably true. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the things that it's hard to 
prove or debunk the animal thing, but you know, I just wanted to give my own experience. I also was trying to not like ruin a tour for other people by having oh, sure, the barking absolutely. dog. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually left the tour a little bit early so that we wouldn't be those parents with the crazy <laughs> children. Be those people, um, even though it's a dog, but still. Mm. Um, we have some fun pictures. I'll post them to the Instagram of of my husband with the dog in the backpack in the house. We actually walked through the house with the dog, and I wore the most inopportune shoes to this. I was wearing platform Birkenstocks, like without any support walking on this angled house. It was a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> but I, honestly, I thought it was interesting that could it have been the dog just wanting treats or could it have been something else affecting him? We don't know. Sure. Now, there's also the height change test. They did a test for the height change, which I, I still think is the most like weird thing about all of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I really wanted to show you this video, but it won't let me show it to you. So I'm just going to tell you what happens in the video. So basically, in this test that they did on Factor Faked, they had two people stand in front of an entirely black backdrop. So they blocked mm -hmm. out the, the background so there were no visual distractions or sure. things that could alter uh, optical illusion of, of the location, right? Because we talked about that being one of the things with that would alter the way that something looks. Right. They measured the floor. It was completely level. When one of it was a, a, a girl and a guy and the girl was looking at the guy's um, like, I think, like upper lip. Mm. And then the guy was looking at the girl's forehead. And when they uh -huh. switched spots, she was looking at his chin and he was looking over her head. So he was significantly higher than she was. And it actually showed and she even mentioned when they switched spots, she felt pressure on her neck and shoulders when moving from one point to the other. That was mm. not a normal feeling. Mm -hmm. um, they, they were in initially on a two degrees incline. So they were measuring the actual incline of the space and comparing mm -hmm. it. And then when they switched spots, it created a 16 degree difference from the initial heights. So mm. it changed by a significant amount. Um, mm -hmm. And they couldn't really debunk it. Um, so sure. that to me was kind of weird because that's actually doing like a little scientific test. And you still are like, I don't know why that's happening that way. They still think it's just a perspective thing. I think it's weird. That's just sure. me. Another thing that they do um, is that there's a standing broom test where, and when I was there, they actually like put a broom there. It was one of those like old school brooms where it's kind of mm -hmm, angled. Mm -hmm. And so they prop up the angled broom to stand on its own. It's just a balancing thing. It's just, sure. honestly, that's there's nothing weird about that. It's an optical illusion. Uh, we talked about the golf ball rolling up the hill. They debunked mm -hmm. it on the show exactly the same way I was talking about earlier, where they just changed the angles. It's an optical illusion. They did one thing that I thought was also strange. They used a metal pendulum, and they measured it and took a video of it and then sped it up to see how quickly it would come to a stop and if it would move. Hmm. And okay. so... Most regular pendulums would just go back and forth until it comes to a stop in the middle. It wouldn't mm -hmm. go to an angle. It wouldn't go in a circle. It just would stay straight, right? Now, this pendulum actually started to go counterclockwise and then stopped mm. and then started to rotate back. And it did almost like two half circles while going back and forth, which is weird. Basically, they thought that something was altering the area like a magnet. And so mm, their uh -huh. idea was, okay, there's some kind of magnetic pull that's affecting this pendulum. What could it be? Um, and, you know, some people have rumored to say that magnets, like massive magnets, are buried underground in the area. Mm-hmm. Mm 
And so they wanted to excavate it and dig and see if they could find any evidence. Magnets. And guess what? What? They wouldn't let them dig. Mm. The one thing that they've not let people do is excavate in the area. Mm. That to me is really interesting because that Mm -hmm. makes me think, oh, no, you're hiding something. That's the one thing you're not letting us do. But I also understand, like, you want to preserve the area. Is it because sure, you sure, don't want sure. to preserve it or, or you don't yeah. want it to, like, mess up the preservation? Or is it mm-hmm. because you're hiding something? So that's everything I could find <laughs> on this location, <laughs> which I think is a pretty decent deep dive. Yeah. However, we need our opinions. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you what okay. I think. Okay. And then I want you to tell me what you think. Does sure. that sound good? Sure. All right. So I think it's a money grab. I think it is something probably more bizarre beneath that we can't put our finger on. I don't think it's a demonic thing that's been there for thousands of years that's trapped inside. Sure. Uh, but I do think there is some like weirdness about the location that's more subtle than what is advertised. Um, and, you know, if someone were to just try to show the location for what it actually is, it might not garner the funds that would provide for a successful business. Mm-hmm. So, like, deep down, I think there is something legitimately weird about mm-hmm. the gravitational pull due to the tree growth and the animal reactions, potentially, plus the height change super weird. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like they took that little thing and blew it out of proportion with the house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. made like a Disneyland out of it uh, with yeah. the you know convenience of the office that slid down the hill. But I still think it's a really cool spot to visit and check out. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. What do you think? No, I mean, I, I think the same. I think um, there's probably scientific explanations for... Uh, pretty much everything that's happening there. I mean, even with animals, like you think about the fact that even changes with an EMF field can can influence an animal's reaction to things. Like there's there's things that they can sense that we can't. Mm-hmm. So there could be something happening there that they are sensing and and not liking, but that there are again very scientific reasons for it but it i mean it's to me it's also again you made this point earlier about the the winchester mystery house like you lean into i mean really any haunted attraction or or strange attraction like that you lean into the weird because that's how you get people to come Mm -hmm. and if you sit there and break it down with science people get bored and walk away (laughs) yeah and also um i feel like that's similar to the myrtle plantation like oh, yeah, they have, yeah, absolutely. there's lots of places, but then there's also, I feel like the ones that like don't want to talk about it are the ones that intrigue me more where I'm like, oh, what yeah. are you trying to hide? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, and I also feel like we run into this, we've talked about this with even some of our, our paranormal locations where, um, the story is what draws people there. The truth is not. Yeah. But and, guess what? And it's a cool story. Yeah. The truth is out there, though, man. <laughs> Had to. I just love that it was an episode of the X-Files. I definitely watched it. Um, and what's interesting is it's if you haven't watched the episode I, I mentioned earlier, it's, um, yeah, it's episode seven, fifth episode called Rush. And uh, basically it's about this these younger kids that are, like, just out of high school or in high school that can, like, transport like in the blink of an eye Mm -hmm. and people don't see any of the things that they do, but there's like people dying and no one knows why it's happening. And then Mulder mentions 
the organ vortex toward the end as like a reference of a place that's like this. Mm-hmm. So very, you could tell that this episode was like highly inspired by right. yeah. this type of location. So anywho, thought it would be a fun topic for us to cover. If any of you guys yeah. have been, I know Kim was like, next time you go to Medford, you should check it out. It's fun. It's a cool place to check out yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but if any of our listeners have been, we'd love to hear from you guys about what you think of this location. If you've had any weird experiences, um, but hopefully we didn't upset anyone in this topic uh and uh, just you know trying to understand why things are the way they are yeah and absolutely probably not aliens but probably one, not aliens one can dream one can only dream <laughs> and having said that this brings us to Creepy Critics Corner. Creepy Critics Corner. Kim, what you watching? A uh, couple different things. I I watched The Shiny Happy People. Ooh, I heard that was good. It was good. Uh, about the the Duggers, Duggers, Doggers, Diggers. <laughs> uh, which if 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 anyone who's listening is not heard about them there um was it like 19 of them now 19 and counting uh they had a reality show and their whole thing was they subscribed to the idea that you should just like you know keep having all the children in the world and homeschool all their kids very conservative very messed up in that uh it kind of centered around almost a cult-like following of this religious organization and and there's a lot of of um abuse and there's a lot of particularly for uh the the ladies <laughs> it's not 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 great <clears throat> uh, but one of the daughters had actually like kind of estranged herself from the family and distanced herself and she participated in the documentary and i never watched the show like i mean i saw commercials for it i knew it existed because it was a part of pop culture for a while and the was it the oldest brother one of the brothers had had molestation charges uh uh brought up against him and i think he's currently like in jail now because he's he's done a bunch of bad things uh but you know it was it was it was really interesting uh it was it was well put together um and nothing like you know uh i i guess i wasn't shocked by anything that was revealed in the documentary but it it was um interesting to hear from people who lived within that religion and and the one daughter um never having watched the show i'm sure there's things that would have been maybe more shocking if i had but uh no i enjoyed it i i i I feel weird saying i enjoyed it but uh it was i thought it was well put together it was interesting i found it compelling i wanted to keep watching it so i i watched uh i watched that i also just finished season two of from which I think I gave a shout out to season one on a previous Creepy Critics Corner. Um, but it's a show that it was on formerly Epics, and now they've branded themselves as MGM Plus, I think. Huh. I get it through my cable, so I don't fully pay attention to where the where the TV comes from. But uh, the the whole first season is you have this this it's it's from one of the producers, I think, of Lost, which you very much feel in the show. But um this family is on a road trip and they show up in this town and then they quickly find that they are trapped in this town with all these other people 
And at night, these monsters, basically, that look like humans, uh, if you go outside, will kill you. Oh, fun. Will tear you apart. But uh, they it's been kind of building its own mythology, and a lot of the second season is is expanding on its its little universe. Uh, and there's there's other things obviously at play, other forces at play. The bad things out there are not exclusively these monsters that come out at night. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the second season just wrapped up, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It's 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 really good. It's nice. I'm a little nervous that much like Lost, they don't fully have planned out uh, an idea. Or, you know, not an idea, that's wrong. But do you know what I mean? Like, with Lost, mm-hmm. it kind of... And I'm I'm nervous that this is the type of thing where you should have... They just got renewed for a third season, so that's good. But I feel like they should have a end plan. They should... This is not the kind of show you want to go on too long just because it's popular. You want there to be... A plan. A plan, and that all of this will have a payoff. Yeah. But uh, no, second season, it's great cast, lots of really good actors. It's full of actors, too, where you're like, oh, I've seen them and stuff, uh, which is always kind of fun. I like when when some of your not necessarily huge name actors, but just they get to sort of shine. It's a very ensemble-driven show. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's what I've been watching. What you've been watching? Nice. I've been watching so much stuff, but for the (laughs) sake of not repeating anything, I did take your advice and watch based on a true story. Mm. Very good. Mm -hmm. Really like it. It's fun, isn't it? Oh my God. Yes. But also like (laughs) the one thing I wanted to address that you did not talk about is just like the reality of starting a podcast and the expectation of success. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not how it works. Like, it was so funny when I was watching it with Terrence. He was like, oh, oh, this is going to make you so mad. And I was like, yes. And so anyway, um, just watching it as a perspective of people that have actually created a podcast, I thought was fun. Um, But I also watched um, season six of Black Mirror, which. Oh, yes. I that was I forgot to write that down. Yes, I have also watched that. So, yep. Wow, Incons- inconsistent, but a couple of the ep- a couple of the episodes really We're really good. Yeah. yeah, honestly, like I kind of fell off the Black Mirror bandwagon yeah, after same. a couple seasons just because they just fell flat to me or just were just yeah. distasteful, and I wasn't like this isn't doing anything for me. I but only tuned back in because of two specific episodes I was told about, which and ones? I was told the um, the Joan is it? awful. Uh. Yes, Joan is awful, and the one in Scotland. Um, Locke Henry. Locke Henry. I, I kept wanting to call it Deadlock, but that's a different show. No, that's uh, different, Locke yeah. Henry. Yeah, Locke Henry. <laughs> yeah. Um, Those are really good. I will say the, the one with Aaron Paul, uh, the space one. Beyond the Sea. There was things about that one I liked, but that was I feel like... One, I see, and that was, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. I d- actually didn't find that the ending paid off for me. No, I agree. I think I got like hit with a lot of distastefulness throughout that one that I was like, this is yeah. hard for me to continue to watch. Um, and but, I kind of thought they were going to go in a different direction with it that I would have liked better, but I don't want to say specifics because I don't want to spoil it for anyone sure. who's not seen it. I just will say overall for the season 
of the whole season. There's only mm-hmm. like what five, six episodes. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four, five episodes, which easy to binge. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about you know, I mean, some of them are longer than others. There's two of them that are almost like movies. They're like an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, but I honestly got hooked after Joan is awful, and that's got Annie Murphy and Salma Hayek mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Having, I mean, star power has been pretty significant this season compared to others, I think. But I really like them. And honestly, like, obviously every episode's a little different, but the horror aspect is subtle, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bit of comedy in the first one in mm-hmm. uh, in Joan is Awful that I just really appreciated, um, which isn't always there. So if you haven't watched season six yet, if you've given up on Black Mirror like I did and Kim did at some point, you might want to revisit season six. It's pretty good. Well, what's nice, too, and and I might go back and and look at some of the previous seasons with this approach is because everything is anthology, everything stands alone. If you're not gelling with an episode, don't watch it. Like, don't feel like you have to watch every single episode of it. If something's not seeming up your alley, skip it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, You know, they all stand alone. You're not you're not missing out. That's true. (laughs) I also watched all of the new season of Catching Killers um, Mm. on Netflix. Uh, I always just find the stories very interesting. And they had uh, an episode on um, specifically the Zodiac Killer, which uh, is obviously a big name in the realm of of killers. But um, always cool to see a new spin and new information um, that maybe you haven't heard before on certain cases and understand the how behind people were found. Um, obviously very sometimes it's hard to watch, but I mean, we we watch a lot of true crime things. <laughs> like for us, it's not, we watch a lot of things hard we're to watch. A little desensitized to certain things at this point, but overall, um, hey, I'm proud of me for talking about uh, things that are appropriate to our genre in Creepy hey, Critics Corner. Hey, <laughs> progress. You know, sometimes, sometimes I come through. It's when I have more time to watch things. So that there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, one last thing, Outlander. Okay. Outlander finally has a new season. Um, It's a little disappointing. Eh, Whatever. I wasn't expecting a lot. Um, I'll just say that. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, But anywho, that's what we've been watching, listening to, paying, I don't know, researching. Um, Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like what we do, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a review, rating, super appreciate it. Also, if you want more content, head on over to our Patreon. We've got some ghoul side chats on there for our Mm -hmm. ghouls, different levels of support you can do for different types of content. If you like a visual moment, we've got some like actually unedited videos of our episodes. Um, (laughs) Today's video is going to show Kim constantly making faces because there's so many sirens. Because we're recording during the day. Uh, Uh And then if you like to hear us screw up a lot, we have our bloopers. That's always a good time. Um, But yeah, head on over to Patreon if you'd like to financially support. We appreciate it very much. Um, And having said that, thank you so much for listening. And stay